What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man, well, who's joined me for the last 32 years, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. I know when we think of that, it seems like forever, but it has gone by so quick. So and just as our parents used to tell us and we're like, whatever, 32 years, you know, that seems like forever. But it goes by quick when you've been 32 years together, hasn't it? Well, looking at it from this end of it, it sure has. And for our listeners, so you know, just yesterday, the good deacon and I celebrated 32 years of marriage happiness. For you, Scott, just a little reminder of what happened just 32 years ago. Very special song for us. Always and forever. I love it. Now, this is Luther Vandross at our wedding, and we had, we'll say, a very big Mexican wedding because that's all of my side of the family. It's all Hispanic. We had a band that played. Yes, I can't even remember the name of that band, but they played that for our first dance. So that has been our song. We had a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful ceremony. So, again, happy anniversary to us. And uh, for 32 more years, do you, I, we could probably make that. We were very young when we got married. I was 19. It can be done. It can be done. It can be done. You know, when that we, song brings back what that meant when I was just a young 20-something and hearing Always and Forever, um, that just doesn't even register to a kid. And I think that's the that's the great aspect of living life, that God gives us life to reflect on and see Look at all the things that you've been through. Some things that have been tremendously challenging, no doubt. Oh, yeah. But some things that have been overwhelmingly better because we have that to do together and we have a family to support that. Of course, it's easy during those good times that allows us to draw closer together. But through God's grace, I would say, Scott, that even through the most difficult times that we've used those terrible times to also draw closer to God and you know, with God in our lives and that habit of going to church every week to keep close to our faith. Well, in 32 years, what we have been able to become so far greater than what we would have been if we were on our own. Life is, is contrast. It's an opportunity to see contrast in things that are good and bad. And in looking at the totality of our picture, if somebody was to take a black, black and white snapshot of it, we would have tremendous depth of field, contrast, those things that photographers talk about because we've had such a rich experience of really challenging and really great things that have happened. But that is life, isn't it? That's that's what we should encourage our kids to think about. When you have a bad time, there's going to be a good time to follow. And when there's a good time, there's going to be bad times to come. Right. And we have to go through that because Christ makes that clear to his disciples as he did this Easter through Acts that we are going to suffer, but know that he has overcome the suffering of this world, and in particular, as the resurrection of Easter, death itself. And we've suffered a little bit in marriage. <laughs> right. <laughs> From time to time. It doesn't always go quite like you think, and boy, the first person you look to take it out on 
Well, that's the person that's been walking through with you the whole time, but it's been a blessing. So we want to talk a little bit, though, about some of the things we've learned in 32 years. So years ago, I remember picking up a book and it was called the birth order book. A sociologist did this study and he became so good at this that he could get a group of people in a room and give them a task. And he could tell by the way they approach things, whether they were the firstborn, if they were a middle child, or if they were a baby of the family, just by how they they looked at situations. And one of the things this particular book pointed out was when looking at finances and how people spent money according to the order that they were born in the family. One of the worst combinations for financial freedom, we'll say, were babies of the family. Guess who are babies of their families? (laughs) I am the baby of the family. Not only am I the baby of the family, I'm the only girl. I have two older brothers. And you... And I'm just the baby of the family. I have an older brother. (laughs) Male or female doesn't... uh change the fact that I'm just a baby. But yeah, we are. We're both babies. And so in terms of who's going to save the most money, well, it's probably not going to be the two of us unless we really work hard at it. (laughs) And we have worked hard. And there have been a lot of years where finances were slim and I had to play this little balance game. And it was best for you to just stay out of it because I knew what pools of money I had for groceries, for school tuition and for entertainment. How in the beginning of the month, sometimes we would go out to dinner and go out to a movie. And by the end of the month, it was a take and bake pizza and a movie rental because Well, that's just how it goes. The reason why I bring this up is coming up in our interview section, I have an opportunity to talk with a couple who through their lives have figured out a few things about finances. I'm going to talk to the authors of a new book called A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More. I think at 32 years, we can also learn a thing or two still about how to spend money as we look forward to our retirement. Absolutely. And then in this week's view, we'll talk about how we have learned in our 32 years of marriage how to find greater contentment in what gifts God has given us. And I think that is a real challenge that we have to juggle all the time because we're in a consumer-laden society. I somehow feel like you're talking about my shoe collection. I think I am. Well, we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. Marriage is for better or for worse. The young and foolish never think for worse will ever come. We enter marriage thinking our spouses are going to be the balm for all our wounds. Sometimes they are. Other times, a spouse is like the diagnosing hand pushing on your arm to see exactly where it's broken. Ouch! But the goal is your healing. Divorce statistics are often misunderstood. About 50% of people who enter marriage, they don't end up divorced. 50% of marriages end up in divorce because so many people get married and divorced multiple times. God keeps trying to heal them again and again through the person they fall in love with. But when the pain comes, they take off again. When you're facing hard times and romantic phrases feel forced, try these words, I will never leave you. That's a more profound expression of love than you could have ever uttered when you were young and infatuated. And your faithfulness is also how God will heal you. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. The Easter season is a time of great joy and prayer. 
Celebrate our Lord's glorious resurrection with Mater Dei Radio. We'll help you grow closer to Jesus during this special time with our three daily broadcast of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and inspiring reflections just for the Easter season. Praying for your specific intentions also fills us with great joy. So make a call to Mater Dei Radio's prayer hotline at 503-285-3737 or fill out your personal request on the prayer page at materdayradio.com. Our devoted team of prayer warriors are waiting to hear from you right now at 503-285-3737 or online at materdayradio.com. Experience the great joy of the Easter season. Pray with us as we lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. How valuable and anxiety-free would your life feel if you were debt-free? Or have you just decided that, well, you have that large Catholic family in juggling monthly payments and credit card debt? Well, it's just a way of life. Well, then today's guest is the perfect example. Sam and Rob Fatzinger are the parents of 14 children. And in their new book, A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More, they give you their practical wisdom and hard-won spiritual insights to achieve your financial goals. Sam is with me today to share more about this fantastic book. Hello, Sam. Thank you so much for joining the show today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get to reach out with you. Well, Sam, I got to know, 14 kids, that's a big family. Was that always part of your plan? So ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted a big family. I'm the youngest of nine. We had 12 children. Um, I gave birth to 12 children, and I lost three through miscarriage. But then we really wanted to have more, and we kept begging God and that I would get pregnant. The big kids kept praying, Mom, we want another baby. And so by the grace of God, we got a phone call one day saying that there was a 12-week-old that needed housing for about six months, and we had him, and we had him from six months. And then when he was five, we finally persuaded his birth mother to let him let us adopt him, and he's nine right now. Oh, love and, it. And then number what we call him Lucky 14, about four and a half years ago, I got an email from a company who works with families trying to keep children out of the system, out of the state, and there was a newborn who needed housing, and we took him right a couple days old, and we've had him for four and a half years, and we pray to God we'll get to adopt him someday. So, Oh, we'll all join you in that prayer. So let's talk about your book then a little bit, Sam. So finances, debt expenditures, they are at the top of the list that couples argue over. What's the best way to approach the conversation without couples feeling like they got to get the boxing gloves on? I think that, you know, trust is huge. Trusting God, trusting your spouse, knowing that God is in control. We are very blessed that we live in a town that my husband and I actually grew up in, but everyone kind of looks out for each other. The, the Washington Post did an article about us uh, around five years ago, and it was about us, our children, 
graduating from college debt-free and how that was unheard of. And we shared a lot of tips that was, we were always, God kind of always had our back and we never wanted for anything. We always made, you know, a low income. We, we always just made enough and God always provided. It always worked out each month. But if we ever needed anything, you know, we have things like free cycle and Facebook marketplace, like, Hey, and lots of friends. And I felt sorry for in this Washington Post article, it was called, you know, a family lives debt free, the fat singer family and their children graduate from college. So in that article, there was horrible remarks, comments from the, you know, the horrible trolls who remark all the time. And they were like, oh, these people just suck off society. But our town isn't like that. Like someone's like, hey, I have this extra bike. Do you want it? Sure. Hey, we have these roller skates. Hey, my kids' soccer cleats don't fit them, and they're in perfectly good shape. So we have been so blessed with little things like that. And when we have a baby, people make meals for us for weeks. People need to realize that when you trust your life and your family and your family planning, whatever it is, and your finances to God, he takes care of you. And as Catholics, especially Catholics with big families, you need to try your best to stay out of debt. There's always times when things creep up, like medical bills are the, the biggest one. And if it wasn't for my husband having putting money away and us living simply and him having this fund where, you know, when the when a child had to go in the hospital for an extended period of time or the, the car breaks down or one instance we had to fly 14 people to Arizona for my son's wedding we had an amazing vacation and trip, one that we will never be able to duplicate. You know, we've never been the kind of family who flies our kids to you know Disney World right. or anything because that hasn't been necessary in our budgeting. But we flew everybody out and we had a fantastic time and we weren't stressed out about it because my husband had saved money. So a normal situation like that would have put us in a tailspin of debt. And that brings you to stress and anxiety and, you know, arguing with your spouse and we can't do this or not even be able to enjoy a, something like that, like a wedding. Sam and Rob Fatzinger are parents of 14 wonderful children. And in their new book, they give you some insights on a Catholic guide to spending less, well, and living more. All right. Well, for those couples then, Sam, who didn't make the right decisions early on, but they said enough is enough. This pandemic was unexpected. And now we are in a position that we never wanted to. It's time to get debt free. What are they going to learn in your book about how to get that process started? So my husband is the numbers guy and he has great advice. We have free downloads from Ave Maria Press or on our website called Fat sam.com there are free downloads on how to feed a large family how to how the fat singers do college and how the fat singers do when weddings but i would say start just trusting god put it all out there as a husband and wife pray say god you know we blew it we need your help but then it's a lot of work but you have to make a plan okay this is what we're going to do one of the scariest things we ever did and my husband and i thought oh this is no big deal we're we're so good at saving money we can totally do this is doing a spending fast. And as Catholics, you know, we're called to suffer and pick up our cross. We did this month-long spending fast. Now, I would say do it for a weekend, do it for a week. 
where you only buy things that are necessary. I would say, you know, gas and maybe milk and produce. And you eat out what's in your refrigerator. You eat out what's in your pantry. You don't, you know, buy extra stuff. I think one of the things we've done to our children is a disservice to thinking every time they have a soccer practice or a lacrosse game, we're going to drive by McDonald's or we're going to pick up a, a Slurpee or we're going to go by and get a drink. I think we need to teach our kids, and you have to do it before they're 16, because I will tell you, this pandemic has, because everything's closed, once my kids get their license, they're driving to fast food house, fast food all the time, so you have to teach them by 15 to have self-control. Okay. We can drive, we can drive by that McDonald's. I know we're all hungry, but we can do it. We can, we can say no to ourselves. I have to say no to myself every time I hear the chai tea latte calling my name from Dunkin Donuts or Starbucks or whatever. No, I can go home. I can make my own tea. So I say make a plan as a couple, whether it's that you're going to, for a weekend, we're not going to spend any extra money. And you tell the kids, it's a game. Let's see if we can do it for a whole weekend. And then Monday we'll get ice cream if we did a great job. Make a plan. And then you got to do your part. It's hard. It's sacrificing. Um, it's been a blessing to us to be able to do this because now as an older couple, because I'm turning 53, but now that we're getting older, we can help out the younger families in our parish that always, people always helped us. You have to trust that God's going to take care of it. It's a huge sacrifice, but as Catholics, we have to learn. You know, we just finished Lent. I know it's Easter, so live it up. But let's say, learn to sacrifice, learn to say no to yourself, die to yourself. You're teaching your kids to take up your cross. You're teaching them to, it, you know, we need to tithe 10%. We need to help. And if we save money, we can sponsor a child and we send money. And we have this picture of this little boy on our closet. Yes. On our refrigerator. And if we weren't like that, if we didn't do that, we wouldn't be able to help Jose get a soccer ball for his birthday. or We wouldn't help him pay for his education. So if we sacrifice this much after mom and dad pay off the car or pay off our house or do whatever it is, then we can go and we can do, we because of your sacrifice, we can help these other families. But definitely start paying off those loans, start paying off that credit card, start paying off those cars. I know it's unheard of, but my husband paid off our house 12 years ago. I almost fell over. It was such a miracle. So I just, you know, start little and just do it. Like I said, those little weekend spending fasts are great. See what you can do. Look, you know, make a plan together as a couple. What is it that we need to pay off first? It seems to be lately the credit cards are what's eating us. And this pandemic has put us at such a pickle with so many people losing their jobs or not knowing if they're going to make it, not knowing if they're going to get a paycheck. Oh, well, another thing that people can do in order to get on the right track is to get a copy of Sam and Rob's book. It's called A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More. Sam, tell our listeners where they're going to be able to get a copy for themselves. So right now you can pre-order it from Amazon. It's under, you can Google Sam Fatzinger. You put it on your Amazon cart and it will come to you. It's also from Ave Maria Press. You can message me. I'm on Facebook at Sam Lancaster Fatsinger. I'm on Instagram at Sam JMJ. If you have any questions, you, I love talking to people. I love helping people get out of debt. If you have any further questions about raising a big family, we have um, my blog is Baby Steps I Will Be Done Blogspot. We also have a, a we're, we're building up a, a website for our book. It's called FatSam.com. And if you want a good laugh. If you have a snarky, sarcastic husband, you can look at my husband used to have a blog called 
sardonic Catholic dad where he makes people laugh. It's nice to know that we have a sense of humor, and we do. We say, you know, you need to sacrifice so that you can, you know, spending less so you can live more. You really can live more. If you have the, if you save money, then yes, you can go on that vacation. You can go on that special trip. Oh, I love it so much. Sam, I sure appreciate your time today. And thank you so much for writing this book. Oh, thank you for letting us talk about it. I love helping people and I hope we can help families. Maybe someone will be able to afford another baby. Maybe someone will be able to get out of debt and enjoy their family more instead of worrying all the time about where the money is going to go to pay for everything. So God bless all your listeners and thank you again. Oh, God bless you. And again, the name of the book, A Catholic Guide to Spending Less and Living More, Advice from a Debt-Free Family of 16. I will be sure to add a link to where you can find a copy for yourself and get it on order. And you're going to find that link on the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com. Coming out of this segment, that is Steve Miller Band, Take the Money and Run. You love vinyls. This is one of your favorite albums. Well, you know, as the baby of the family, I I grew up in the 70s listening to my brother's albums, and this was one of them that was just one of my favorites. And yeah, and now I, I look for them in the cheapest places I can find. Goodwill is a place where I find most of my vinyls, and I actually have this album. You spend a lot of time, you you do look for bargains. You won't spend full price on an old vinyl. Even if it's a collector, you you try to find what you can, you know, in the sales rack. I, on the other hand, uh, have had to make a concerted effort this year, and I'm, I'm working on it. I have a tendency to overbuy when it comes to shoes. Now, I don't think I have the shoe collection that some, like, shoe-aholics might have where there is a wall of shoes, but I do have a good amount. And in fact, so many, I laugh, my on-air spiritual director, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, has told me that I need to stop spending on frivolous things like shoes. So I've made a concerted effort to to not spend because how easy uh, I have found it at times that when I want to feel good or if I want to celebrate... I'll go out and buy things. And our whole society is really set up with that consumer mind in front of you where they're constantly showing you things that you don't have, things that other people have, and things that they think you need. And I fall into that and I want to spend. Well, fortunately, you've only bought one pair of shoes since the three months of this new year. Now four months, actually. So that's you're doing good. You're I'm doing trying. Good. One pair of shoes. But you know, um, uh, Sam and Rob uh, Fetzinger, they speak about the fact that in social media now, with Google and all of the different analytics that go on, they track what we do and what we look at, and then they pump information out to us to encourage us to buy. So we are on a constant daily basis being bombarded with that. So, And it gets to be really insidious, too, because we were just talking last week. We were looking up something on, I think I was looking it up on my phone, and then when you opened up a, a YouTube or Google search on the internet, those ads started coming up because all of our phones and our internet are connected and they're finding that out. And boy, that's kind of a scary thought. So it's always there pressing at you. 
buy more, spend more. But for us, we have four children, all of whom went to Catholic elementary school. I was a stay-at-home mom while you worked. And let me tell you, there were times where it was really difficult to make ends meet. When it came to those big decisions, though, especially when it came to our finances, for you and I, what made it work, which helped get us through some of these tight times was we always took these big financial decisions to prayer and we asked God to help guide us because sometimes these decisions are so hard to make that it doesn't seem like the path is clear. Right. And, you know, I think that was what was so inspiring about this book is it 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 really highlights some of the practicalities that you learn in marriage. That's the value of family and marriage is it roots you in a necessary reality, which is caring for another. And in doing that, it calls you to attention that, hey, am I caring for me over the people that God has placed in my life? Because those people are giving me guidance and and direction towards salvation. And, you know, she highlights uh, several uh, key passages in the Bible. One that I loved is that she highlights St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews, where let your life be free from love of money, but be content with what you have. And I think our 32 years of marriage, we've been learning how to be content. And when we do, there's a deeper appreciation for something that we just took for granted maybe 20 years ago. Now we look at it and we value it, whether that even be a simple, like your sewing machine or something that is, you know, practical, right. but is we value in a deeper way because we know God has made us aware of it and we use it well. Oh, I love that you bring up my sewing machine for our listeners so you understand a little bit. I started sewing as a way to make blankets and quilts so that way we were giving them away to children in the hospital and it was a wonderful ministry but that sewing machine the one that I wanted was not cheap and I had to save up for it for a few months I just kind of worked at it because I had a goal in mind Mm -hmm. right and those are the things that you need to keep at the forefront of your mind I have a goal so part of financial planning is what is the goal and have the discussion. And you may have the goal in mind, but to sit down and have the discussion, it's not our favorite topic, is it, to figure out. But by making those goals and by cutting out the extra, it also allows us an opportunity to give. And that's a big part of who we are too. So we just celebrated Easter and we had the rite of Christian initiation of adults and I sang the exalted and and took part in that beautiful mass. We had four in our parish of St. Joseph of Vancouver come into the faith, four adults come into the faith. And the reception of the Holy Spirit by means of confirmation was, as always, so powerful. And one of the gifts that we put to task when we live a life of frugalness and, and, and the realities of budgeting is temperance. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. So when we turn to God to ask for his help, we are calling upon the gift that is within us given by the Holy Spirit, which is temperance, to say, do I really need to do this or should I wait? And having the patience and peace to wait sometimes has been the thing that I think is so valuable that we've learned in the 32 years that we've been married. It's been a great week. We are enjoying our Easter season. We end this show. Scott, please end us in a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the gift of life and that gift most expressed through relationships with others. 
Help us to use our funds and our gifts wisely so that we can not only share with those we love, but share with those who we will soon understand we need to love, those most in need, those that are on the margins. Help us to use our resources wisely. We ask this in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.